Well, I think the the, 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 the most important thing from Claire and, 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 and Ireland's perspective is that Ukraine would have a fairly quick passage into the European Union, helping them to rebuild their country um, in a manner that brings it up to a standard uh, of living that we have come to accept here in Ireland. I think that will benefit everybody because the vast majority of the Ukrainian people that I have met, and I've met many of them throughout the county on a weekly basis, they want to go back to their country. Um, many of them have started to do so from across Ireland and across Europe already. But for the areas that have been obliterated by the Russian bombing, that's going to be a slow process because, quite frankly, there's nothing to go back to. So if Ukraine can become a member of the European Union, then the kind of funds that helped Ireland to develop its infrastructure back in the 70s and 80s can be applied to Ukraine to help to rebuild um, the areas that have been decimated by um, the Russian aggression. It's nearly so a year now, obviously, I mentioned, since I, since the conflict began. What did you see over there this week? Well, what I saw, and I was in Kiev and I had been there uh, nine months ago, um, and what I saw was that people are getting on with their lives. Nine months ago, everything was in lockdown. It was a bit like we had here during the, the, the COVID pandemic. Nobody moving, nobody on the streets. People are back on the streets. They're getting on with their lives um, insofar as they can in the areas that haven't been bombed into obliteration. Um, they're, they're, they're coping. Uh, there are air raid sirens every couple of hours and people you know, go to the bunker uh, until, until that passes. Um, but they're resilient and they're getting on with it. But the people who are here have generally come from areas that there's nothing left, that you, you see the footage on the television of apartment blocks and villages just completely obliterated, decimated. Um, and it's those people now that we have to focus our attention on because the vast, vast majority of them just want to go back to where, where, where they came from over the past eight or ten months. And by the European Union coming together, welcoming um, Ukraine into the European Union, it allows for certain supports to be given to the rebuilding uh, of Ukraine. And the political leaders that I met when I was there on, on Monday and Tuesday, um, OK, they're very conscious that the war is still raging in the east. But in parallel with that, they're talking to and looking for support around rebuilding the country and the parts of the country that has been bombed. Now, clearly that can't start until an end comes to the war, but they're they're planning ahead rather than waiting for uh, the end of, of, of hostilities. And they're putting together um, large companies from across the world. They're putting in place contacts with governments that have expertise in this area. So I, I suppose that the message from Ukraine is they want to rebuild. They want to, well, first of all, they want the war to end, but they want to have the preparatory work done in the rebuilding yeah. so that Ukrainian people can go back to where they want to be. They want to get back home. They want to get on with their lives. Um, they want to rebuild their their, their, their own personal lives because many of the families have been, you, mentioned you know, they've the, lost the war, one. You mentioned the war ending there and uh, people obviously be aware of Germany's agreement to send uh, quite a number of tanks over in America as well and, and others. Is that the correct way to try and end a war? Maybe correct isn't the right word, but th- there might be people less au fait with, with uh, uh, military aims who might look at that and go, that's not really a way to end a conflict. Well, it wouldn't be necessarily the way I would approach a situation. I'd always look from a, a, a pacifist perspective, but we, we, we must face facts as well. Um, back in February, the end of February of 2022, 
Russia invaded Ukraine without provocation, with bombs and guns and tanks and every piece of military equipment that they've had. You know, I, I don't know how I would react. I'd like to think that if, if it was Ireland and we were invaded, that I and other able-bodied men would stand in defence of our country. Uh, that would be my gut instinct, whereas I'd never be encouraging or, or be a warmonger as a solution to anything. But I think your natural instinct when you're invaded um, is to defend your people in the first instance and defend your territory. And I think that's what Ukraine has done. Now, they have sought support from countries that are part of NATO and that are um, non, you know, that have, 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 are part of a military alliance. Um, and, and they're looking for equipment. And some of those countries, including Germany and others, have been slow in delivering it because they don't want to escalate mm. the situation that would have Russia move, move further um, west. But there, there does now seem to be a realisation that in order to protect Europe, um, Russia has to be prevented from conquering Ukraine. And unfortunately, the only way to do that um, is to meet military might with military might. It, it's not what any of us would like to have to ever make a judgment on. But when you have an aggressor like Russia and Putin um, with, as I said, bombs and planes and weapons of all sorts, missiles and tanks making their way into Ukrainian territory, you know, what's the next country that, 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 that Russia might invade if, if they get their way in Ukraine? So to me, Ukraine and its people are fighting a war not just for themselves, but for the rest of Europe, Poland, yeah. Moldova, uh, Estonia, many other countries that border uh, Ukraine um, are, 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 you know, feel vulnerable. Um, so I can understand why yeah. some countries have, have, have faced up to this, this, this military And just aggression. lastly, n not on an unrelated note, um, there's been a lot of commentary in the last number of weeks regarding... Um, uh, refugees um, who are coming mm. here, some from Ukraine, some fleeing other uh, war-torn areas. Does the prospect of um, fatigue in, to a certain extent in, in, in terms of um, communities worry you as, as, as a political representative given that by all projections we are going to be looking at thousands more people not just from Ukraine but from other areas coming in uh, over the rest of the year? Yeah, th there's a very difficult situation developing. And I think the vast, vast majority of Irish people, and particularly here in Clare, communities have opened their arms with offers of uh, residential support, community support, voluntary activity. But they're doing it quietly and silently, and they're getting on with it. They're not looking for publicity. And, and I meet them every week. Or they're contacting me about issues with certain people. And they're wonderful, absolutely wonderful. They deserve huge debts of credit. There are other areas of the, the, the county um, and there are other communities who have become concerned. And, and, and I can understand their concern. And they're maybe being more vocal now than they were in the past. And the vast majority of them, people too, um, are interested in, in social cohesion and they want their communities to develop. And they, by and large, uh, you know, don't have an issue. Uh, with, with, with refugees. They'd like more information in advance and we'd certainly try to get that for them. There is a very, very small cohort of people who have a racist tendencies. Uh, they're, only, they're only a handful of people and, and for sure they're attempting to prey on the fears and concerns of communities and attempting to stir up um, a level of resistance. And we see that uh, in, in particular uh, in Dublin in the last number of days 
We've seen individuals who have associations with the, what might be considered far-right um, groupings. We have people from the criminal fraternity in Dublin now saying that it's going to fall to them to push these people out. That's very dangerous. But I think the, the vast majority of people in Clare and the vast majority of people in communities who are, you know, you know, genuinely expressing their concerns are not racist, are not are, are not at all intolerant, but they want to make sure that when when facilities are opened up and when centres are opened up, that there's an appropriate level of investment in services so that you don't just bring four or 500 people to a building and abandon them because that's not a good way to do it. And from a political perspective, I certainly don't want to see that happen. And I won't, I, I, I won't stand over that happening. I'll be ensuring to the best of my ability that when people come here and are, are facilitated, that the services follow and that the investment is made. And, and that's the right way to do it. We've got to treat people with compassion. Um, we've got to take care of them. Um, we've, 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 we've international legal duties in that regard. But also I think we have, and most people that I talk to recognise there's, there's a moral imperative here to try to help these people 